What's up, everyone? Paul Clark here. Sup, Paul. Welcome to the 52nd episode of the Sup, Paul podcast. It's December 1st, 2022. Can you believe it's the last month of 2022? Where is time going? Whew. Anyway, <laughs> in this episode, we're talking with Sam Garthwaite and Cameron Hopkins. Both these guys are river paddleboarders in Scotland. I was introduced to them through their social media accounts, their Instagram accounts, Frothy Sup and Chopkins Sup. Of course, I'll link these in the description. What I'm most intrigued by is the landscape. It's definitely, dare I say, Braveheart-esque, steep creeks waterfalls, ledgy drops that these guys are attempting. I'm impressed. And so I really wanted to reach out and see what river paddleboarding is to them, who's doing it in Scotland, and their general take on what it takes to set people up for success river paddleboarding. Without further ado, let's talk with Sam and Cameron. Hello, hello, both hey, hello. In the yeah, house. Uh, nice. Just before we get to introduce the podcast, how separate are you guys geographically? You're both in Scotland. So do we have our beverages? I'm drinking a, a frothy adult beverage. Uh, I've, I've stuck with water tonight, but I haven't a beverage glass. So Perfect. <laughs> oh, the Red Bull. <laughs> Sam, I'm, I'm giving you the impression those Red Bulls give you wings. Sometimes I feel like the, the wings weigh triple what they should. Uh, sup, everyone. I'm Paul Clark here. Sup, Paul, in Asheville, North Carolina. My guests today, Sam and Cameron, are in Scotland. I've reached out to these guys because they are river paddleboarders who are paddling some pretty amazing landscape. Uh, so without further ado, let's just jump right in there. Let's start with you, Cameron. What brings you to river paddleboarding? Um. I think what you're going to end up getting is quite a similar story from both Sam and myself. Um, so we right. kind of started as sup coaches at an activity center at the exact same time. So kind of running outdoor activities. Um, I guess it kind of started, we were doing a lot of flat water stuff and finding a lot of fun in kind of doing flat water tricks. Uh, I hadn't really explored river stuff at all. And it was, we, we also, we, we worked together. We, at one point we worked together, we lived together and we also went to university together. Um, sure. And so one morning before university, we basically were like, oh, do you want to just take some boards down to the river and, uh, and have a wee shot? And it kind of went from there. I think our first attempt of trying to get to the river, we forgot a pump. So we ended up having to call it and then go back that night. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, and I guess, I think that's, I must be coming on free four years since we did that. And I guess we've both okay. just kind of, constantly been itching to do more and more and and do bigger stuff and um and yeah i guess just the love of paddleboarding in general and it kind of came from that place of um of kind of our friendship grew with the amount of times we've spent on boards together and it was uh yeah i guess moving into that world now and kind of both white water sub coaches now and just a love for kind of being out there and experiencing the water in this whole different new way that people don't really seem to be doing that much here at the moment so other than you two, Cameron and Sam, what's the river paddleboarding community like up there? Are you leading it? Are you the two kooks that are out on the rivers? Like, how, like what, what, uh, what can we expect if we're going up to Scotland and, and looking for rivers to paddle with? Obviously, we're taking you along. I would say it's, like definitely, it. it's definitely getting there. Um, like if you go to, uh, so we have like a local standing wave that we like to go to a lot. You might have seen that on some of our videos. 
Um, mm -hmm. Like when you go there, you're still expecting to see kayakers and not really any paddleboarders. Um, so I guess like most of the people that use the Tay, we know them or they're in our group and we all kind of mm -hmm. paddle together here and there. I don't know, like, is there anyone else, Cameron, that paddles the Tay that, like, on a, on a sub? I don't know. I think there's, uh, it's, it's funny, it's, there's a few people that do it and, um, it's a really funny kind of stage where there's quite a lot of different groups and we're right at this point now where everybody seems to be coming together. So you've got a lot of people on the mm -hmm. East Coast down in kind of Perthshire where we are and we've got our kind of group of people that we always paddle with. There's a few folk on the West Coast and if you go higher north as well, you've got a few folk there. And it's really nice because I think only within the last couple of months actually, everyone, especially kind of towards the end of summer, everyone's now coming together, which is really cool. And there's some people that have been doing it for, for way longer than we have. Um, and yeah, and also getting to kind of the England and Wales, their communities are coming up as well. And we're all kind of chatting to each other a bit more now. And um, mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely growing. And there's, there is, yeah, I wouldn't say we're the, we're the, the front runners, but um, we try to be involved with the front runners as much as we can. <laughs> Get ourselves out there. And uh, social media could be a curse, it could be a hindrance, but it could also be a really good way for a lot of people to meet you. I saw you uh, both in social media, Instagram. We're doing this Instagram live. Instagram is a great way to connect uh, communities. Some people say that the river paddleboarding community is just a small niche, and perhaps it is, but uh, this Instagram platform, I think, is a really great way to meet. And, you know, Cameron... Uh, I love of your content. Sam, a lot of your imagery has been shared by a variety of brands and, and magazines. Uh, really technical, challenging, creek-style whitewater it looks like you guys are paddling on. Uh, Sam, can you tell me a little bit about the, the recent photos that you've been sharing in these ledgy, drop, beautiful scenery rivers? Yeah, so... Um... Well, it's funny. So I didn't actually own my own paddleboard until, what, a month ago? Mm. Is that right? I think maybe a month, is, which is crazy. So that's kind of where my current Instagram page came from. So I got the paddleboard. I stopped, finally stopped borrowing. Like I used to ask uh, my manager at work, can I, can I please, please let, let me use your white waterboard so I can go out with the boys? Um, and it got to a point where he was like, you want to go to places where I don't want you to take my board? Um, <laughs> get your, so get your own one. And I was like, right. Okay, so finally got my own one last month and made the page at the same time. And um, yeah, I, I don't know, because I haven't come from a kayaking background, I don't actually know a lot of my surrounding rivers that well. But what I really do know is all of the different places that I've been canyoning and cliff jumping and all that kind of thing, which also kind of happens to be places that either only the craziest guys have kayaked or they haven't kayaked because it would be like 90% portage. Um, so mm -hmm. I feel like there's like untapped potential there to get a whole bunch of like little spots and features done that nobody would think to do before. Um, so like that's what some of the some of the content you've been seeing is like, I'm like, oh, what was that place again? I remember there being like a mid-sized waterfall there with quite a lot of water. 
I'm going to go on a, a walk there, take my board and just see what happens. And like, that's where a lot of that content's coming from. And it's, uh, yeah, it's been sick. I mean, that, that last place that I posted, that could be really, really sick, but this, it was just not enough water. And it really, it, it broke my heart because I get to paddle one time a week and that time didn't work because there wasn't enough water. And it had been raining for like a week straight. So I was a little bit like, what the hell? <laughs> but I was out of anger, out of pure anger. I ran it anyway at low water because I had. <laughs> what, uh, a little bit of momentum, getting the board over the lip. Uh, we'll definitely uh, share your content in the, in the links to this. I'll put this on my podcast for, uh, for people to listen to. It'll be on my YouTube channel and we'll certainly share your content. But uh, what, what, I'm, what I'm intrigued with both of your contents are by is the fact that you're out finding new places and asking a basic question, can I do it? Is it possible? I think that really makes you at the, the forefront in your community, at least, of, of what paddleboarding can be. That's what I found about paddleboarding is, is that question. I have this canvas. Can I be an artist on it? What could I do? How can I do it? Can other people do this? And so I'm stoked to see you guys are asking those questions and, and looking to find that out. Yeah. Yeah, no, Definitely. I think, yeah. like, me and Cameron have both, like, we've just been hunting for spots. And uh, we're like at the point where we're looking at it and we just look at each other and we're like, should we just take the fins off? <laughs> it's like, we're, we're getting to the point where we like, we want, we want to run these really cool features no matter what. Um, and uh, yeah, when it, if, it, if it comes to taking the fins off, that's just the way it is. If you're only paddling one feature, why not? Absolutely, absolutely. And I love the fact that you're hiking boards in to do this. It's not like you're just on a, on a glorious day the sun is out, uh, you're going to be wearing your board shorts and you're going to have an enjoyable day on the board. No, I'm hiking this board in. I probably won't spend much time on it, but uh, the entire day of, of pursuit, that's a, a wonderful way that I don't think a lot of people see paddleboarding. So kudos to you guys. <laughs> I, uh, I, th I, I, I was no, just saying, I, th I think on that, the, something Sam and I have talked about loads is this, so a lot of the information we get about rivers or th features that we want to go and see comes from like comes from that kind of kayaking background and kayaking canoeing backgrounds because mm -hmm. that's what's massive here. Um, mm -hmm. And actually, what it's just such a different mindset because when you talk to kayakers, they think about running the whole river and it's kind of top to bottom kind of thing. Whereas it is that that desire of like we've seen videos of kayakers doing it, but there's one feature just in the middle of that river that if we can get to that, that's that's where we want to be. Um, so yeah, it's a big kind of mindset thing I think about um, I, just between the two different sports for sure. So I know that Sam, it doesn't sound like Sam comes from a, a hard shell kayaking background. What about your paddling background? <laughs> no, not at all. I, I, I was, um, was going to do, well, I thought I was going to come from a kayaking background. Uh, I thought that's where I was going in my kind of journey of paddle sports. Uh, and then supping came along, and I just was like, oh, that's way better. I'm terrible at rolling, so <laughs> I'll go straight for a sup instead. Um, so, yeah, definitely definitely st stuck to the st sups instead. Well, it's interesting, too. That dialogue I, I hear all the time still. Uh, if there's any feedback or pushback from kayakers, when I show up to a river and I have my paddleboard, if they're like, mm, this, you know, there are rapids here. This isn't for paddleboarders. 
I, I tend to have a couple of stock answers, usually jokes like rapids. What are they? Uh, <laughs> you know, things like that. But one, one of the, the, the pejorative, one of the, the, the things that kayakers tend to say, I think trying to get under my skin is, oh, you don't know how to roll, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and I may or may not know how to roll, but I like to explore differently. And being able to stand, sit, kneel, do a variety of things that a kayaker can't do uh, is what appealed to me for the sport. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I don't have I, I, I'm much to add to that, but yeah, I, I just totally agree. I think it's um, it's just a different way. I think it's um. It's, it's the classic skiing and snowboarding argument, isn't it? It's just that for rivers um, or the scooters and skate parks. But it's, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's, you can't, you can't really compare the two. They're, they're, they're just so different in, in their techniques. Like, I know there's baseline stuff of being on a river, but in general, there's, there's such a wide gap between the skills and paddleboarding skills and kayaking that I, I don't think you can really compare them. It's two different things. Yeah. Cameron, I think we do have something to add to that. Cameron has one or two uh, fishing stories. So I don't know if you guys get this in the States, but I would say more than, like, most of the kayakers we meet are actually pretty stoked that we're, yeah, for sure. that we're doing something like that. But it's fisher <laughs> fly fishermen do not like us one bit. <laughs> I, it looks the, like the... you get the same thing. Well, yeah, the fly fishermen, for the most part, the river community is fantastic. Uh, in, in the United States, we have, we have it all from technical to, to recreational. We have people on tubes. We have people in rafts, hard shell boats, uh, inflatable kayaks, paddleboards. The river is populated with people. And whenever I paddle by a fisherman, if they're what I call a bobber, if they're casting with a lure, they're great. Hey, how are you doing? But if I see a fly fisherman, I'll get out of my way because I know this is, this is the look they're going to give me. If they give me a look at all, it's not going to be a wave. It's not going to be a, how are you doing? It's this. Yeah. They, that looks familiar. they, they as a general group don't like anybody on the river. And so I've, I've been asking a fly fisherman, why not? And they say that they're so they're visualizing the fish under the water. They may not see the fish under the water, but they've created this entire imagination where they're going to put their perfectly cast fly right into this imaginary fish, the spot, and anything is going to disturb them. A jet flying over, a paddler. So you're just, you are there. It doesn't matter if you're on a paddleboard or in a kayak, but you're there to ruin their imaginable world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I've, um, I think both of us, I've probably had a little run in here and there. Um, well, we're usually totally respectful, and yeah. like we'll ask, we'll ask them where where they want us to be on the river. What what can we do to to make this right? Other than being <laughs> not there at all. <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been I've been cast at. Have you have people cast yeah, at you? Have I've they thrown that. their lure at you? Yeah, <laughs> I've had I've been cast at. I've, I was cast at and tried to very kindly explain that. I can't go that way. <laughs> so it's way too dangerous to go to the other side of the river. Please kind of come through. I've been waiting for so long. And I just, yeah, just, just get so angry about it. And um, I think my response is sometimes, I don't know what's going to disturb the fish more is me paddling past or you pulling them out of the water. But 
Yeah, and, and who's going to disturb the rest of the world by your anger? And again, I'm talking about social media a little bit. Uh, Instagram has kind of become, for me, like TikTok. You turn it on and all of a sudden you're just scrolling and you're seeing a bunch of stuff. And what I'm seeing is a bunch of angry people, lots of fights and things like that. Uh, and because we're talking creatively, what can you do in your own life? And I'm just asking everybody of this. What can you do in your own life to just have people chill out a little bit? How can people just chill out a little bit instead of get instantly angry because you're in existence? <laughs> Uh, I don't know what. what I know that's off topic. But I, I so you can disarm them with. I don't know. I, I, fact, Cameron, it sounds like you got something. I was just gonna. I've got. Them. I've got something, and it's my favorite little fact. So, oh, yeah. I think being near moving water is one of the best things you can do to be to calm down, and it, it makes it a bit more on topic. But I um, I was re- I was reading something about a study that was done in Iceland because they got such a high volume of waterfalls and they were, they've got one of the lowest levels of depression and they were looking to see if they could link the fact that there's more moisture in the air to taking in more positive, it's positive, oh, I can't think what I'm, what I'm saying about But yeah, there's something in the air um, that basically because there's more moisture in the air actually is better for the brain. It, it provides more oxygen to the brain and stuff like that. So it causes less depression. So I think being near moving water, um, I don't know if it's a placebo because I read that and I'm like hooked on it. But every time I go near water, I'm like, oh yeah, Zen. This is awesome. <laughs> so yeah. I feel like there's, that's legit. That works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think so. Is it p- positive neurons? No, I don't know what it is. But there's something. So in terms of like sharing that, you just like chuck a bottle of water at whoever you're talking to. Yeah, I just shake it around. Well, we live near lots of rivers. I just say go to the river. You'll be fine. <laughs> and uh, apparently Scotland has a lot of liquid sunshine. Yeah. Rain. Yeah, it does indeed. Well, it's been a bit uh, of a drought at the moment. Oh, really? I was going to say, it's, it's actually, it's, it's a good thing because, I mean, not every single river, but somewhere in Scotland, you can kind of paddle all year round. I've spoken to a couple of people that are like, oh, that's our season done now. Like, there's no more water. We can't run it. There's no water. Um, where it feels like like we actually get it all year round at least somewhere yeah. um, within an hour or two drive like we've got paddling to do a lot of dam releases in Scotland as well so a lot of like um, over the summer so what they do is they build up all the water um, during the winter and in the summer they kind of release so you've got a couple of rivers that actually we won't get to paddle that often um, during this winter period where we've got loads of rain coming in um, but we're really treated to it that once a week uh, when summer comes around, we're getting all these releases and we get these amazing rivers that you don't get to paddle in the winter and you get glorious sunshine so you're absolutely roasting while paddling mm. big water, which is really nice. Wonderful. How far do you have to drive for your favourite rivers? <laughs> well, <laughs> <we're>... <laughs> yeah, 15 minutes to the Tay or to Stanley, which the Tay's um, one of the, our biggest rivers in Scotland. Um, but yeah, I'd say yeah, 50 minutes to get to the Tay. Um, I would say our favorite river. Luckily, we've managed to get a day off together this weekend. We're going to head up to a river called the Ative, um, which we've only ever got to paddle once because every other time we go up, the water is way too big. It just fills and empties really fast. Um, so we're going up on Saturday again, and we're fingers crossed that the level is good. But I would say that's my favorite river I've ever done. It was phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal river. I didn't tell you this. Wonderful. And I see... 
because I got that Saturday off to paddle, I will need to work a fortnight straight after after my next day off. <laughs> so if it's not the right level, I'm going to lose. I don't know if you're allowed to swear on this podcast, but I would go for uh, it. Yeah, yeah, I would lose my shit immediately. <laughs> <laughs> There's other so someone just there. asked a question. Uh, I can't read it very well. Uh, someone just <laughs> asked a question. Are you doing? Are you going to do right angle? What's right angle? Right no. angle is the drop at the end of the air. Of, it's pretty pretty decent size. If if we do, it'll probably be a a jump off the board away from that waterfall. But um, we looked at it when it was bigger. But if it's a bit smaller and it's not as looking as as meaty, then actually it might not be too bad. I don't know what the depth's like. Go, go, not really adventure around the bottom of it before, so maybe jump in the bottom and have a wee, a wee feel around and see what the depth's like. Yeah, mm-hmm. we've got some... It, it sounds like you're canyoneers. Canyoneering? <laughs> a little bit. Uh, yeah, we did, we did, like, when summer comes along, we, we do still go out and do a lot of cliff jumping, don't we? Um, yeah. But yeah, I think now that I have a board, that's going to kind of take over. <laughs> yeah. And talking a little bit about waterfalls, uh, what's possible? What have you found is possible? I, I had, uh, early in my career, I was all about waterfalls. Can they be run? How they can be run? Do you need straps? Do you need uh, an epoxy board? What size of board? All the questions. What's your fin configuration? Uh, and I've, I've certainly come to a variety of my own answers, but what are you finding is necessary for doing something over your head height for a waterfall on a paddleboard? It's kind of, um, from from what I've been on so far, I don't know, I've maybe only done like two or three, um, and then maybe the fourth would be more classed as a shoot than, a, than an actual drop. But um, I don't know. I guess they're all they're all different in their own way. Like some of them, it felt like in the end, you just needed to go really fast. Uh, you didn't need to lift the nose at all. You just needed to ride it um, and just hold up tight. Uh, other ones, it feels like the weight needs to be at the back so that you so that you can lift the nose. Um, but that's I don't know. I feel like. We're gonna. So we haven't done it yet, but we're gonna get to a point where you can't just ride over. You're going to have to <laughs> to lift the nose, otherwise you're gonna face plant in the water. So I need to have a little play around with that. Um, the place we're going to tomorrow has a big, a nice, big, decent sized drop, um, and I want to try and really focus on almost like that style, like kind of lift the nose up, get flat, and see how that's gonna work. I do remember trying it once or twice, and there's a real fine line between lifting the nose and going backwards into the waterfall and potentially smacking your head off a rock, because <laughs> it just runs away from you, doesn't it? it? It does run. Once you have board separation, then that's an entire different game. Uh, and one of the worst things is that you now land flat on your board. Hmm. Instead of going into the nice, smooth, aerated water, you're landing on a hard surface, your paddleboard, which could, you know, mess up your back. You could take out a knee. Or like you said, you could get ejected back under the waterfall, into the curtain, hitting rocks or even getting uh, trapped behind there. I've seen a board uh, not free itself uh, for a 24-hour period because it got behind the curtain of a waterfall. 
But a, yeah. a key ingredient that I don't think we have on a paddleboard is speed. Unless you have a ramp going into the drop, I don't know in most cases you could have you would have enough speed for like a clean vertical waterfall drop on a paddleboard. Yeah, I th- I I would say that's that's what it, it's it's getting it's getting enough speed because you need to the boof is is great, but if you're if you're just relying on throwing that weight back and you got no speed behind you, you're not getting that nose up, or or you're getting the nose like you say, Sam. When we were trying to get it too high because you're throwing so much weight and it's just explosive and you're just coming right back off the board. Um, yeah, I, I I recently managed to get my hands on a on a hardboard and I have heard a lot of people saying, "Oh, the hardboard's good because it's not it's because it's heavier, so it will kind of cushion that landing a little bit more." There's just a little bit of moving towards those bigger drops with a hardboard that the fear of landing like flat like on my back on a hardboard is just just such a horrible thought. And I guess foot straps as well. I don't know what I, so I don't know about you, but foot straps. But yeah, foot straps make me feel super nervous. Like I don't know about foot straps. Like um yeah, it just sounds like an ankle breaker. That's all it, and obviously you have foot straps on a snowboard and you have foot straps on a, uh, a wakeboard, but you have yeah. a lot more momentum with both of those boards. And even a skateboard where you don't have foot straps, you, you still have speed that you could be in connection with your board through the transitions mm-hmm. and the aerials. So uh, I think river paddleboarding or paddleboarding in general, uh, it, it's, it's a very slow sport. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even racers, even these racers who are spending thousands of U.S. dollars on their board to race with are still going only as fast as people walking on the sidewalk beside the waterway. <laughs> so, so anybody who's a paddleboarder is doing it for their own particular reasons, own particular aesthetic, own particular uh, canvas of self-expression. So I'm, I'm really excited uh, looking at, at your guys' adventure and uh, please continue sharing uh, the posts. Uh, and here's a question. In the, in the more technical whitewater that you're running, the shoots, the drops, whatever, would you be doing them if there wasn't a camera? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. I would say yes on that. There is there's one one or two times where I felt like I'm only doing that so that I have something to take home with me um, to share. Um, and maybe if the camera wasn't there, I that that low water gorge that I ran. If there was no camera, why would I? Why why would you? I guess I had to do it for myself because it was my only chance to paddleboard that week. But at the same time, I don't know. I'm not sure if I would have. I wasn't at least getting something that I could bring back with me. Um, but no, I mean, there's nothing, absolutely nothing better than like, like this place that we're going to on Saturday, the first time uh, me and Cameron went there, discovered it was doable, and then just lapsed it again and again and again. Uh, we didn't eat. We were there for hours. Like, we had food and everything. We just did not stop. We just ran it and ran it and ran it. We were just like, on, we were just alive afterwards. We were like, this is the best thing ever. And we were like, the whole way home, we're like, oh, I knew that. I knew we could run that. And we need to come back <laughs> here. And it's like, all this kind of stuff. It's just like, you can't beat that. Yeah, for sure. I, I really like, um, 
so I, I I love getting clips and I love getting enough stuff to kind of make an edit and make a little video and stuff like that. And I'd love to get enough to make like a full length edit of, of the two of us at some point, which is something I've still not managed mm-hmm. to do. Um, but I think, especially, I think for river surfing for me, it's maybe more poignant. But when I'm river surfing, I do like to, at some point in the session, just, just turn turn the camera off, make sure I don't have anything filming. Because I think I, I push too much to get those big money bag tricks that I'm going to get. Whereas actually going right back to basic, I had a really nice moment the other day. I was out, I kind of was pushing and pushing and beating beat myself up for not getting stuff. Um, and I was like, oh, maybe do stuff that actually you, you you thought you couldn't do right at the start. And I went right back to kind of basics of just carving around and just enjoying that. It was just like the best feeling, like not having any pressure. Nobody else was there. I was just totally kind of by myself cruising about this wave. And it was, yeah, it was awesome. It was just, um, yeah, I think there's there's something really nice about just kind of being there by yourself and it's your moment and nobody else's really i don't know about you cameron but like i do feel like there's a place for the camera in my mind yeah. because we come from a coaching background i actually find yeah for sure re-watching the clips again and again and being like why did that one work why didn't that one work what can i change and i do that quite often um so i i, I suppose it's quite good for that too but if you yeah share it and put cool music behind it that kind of <laughs> disturbs that process gets you that clout huh <laughs> you, can, you can do both you can do both video analysis definitely has its 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 value so are you teaching river paddleboarders and are you using video analysis for your as part of your curriculum it's actually it's actually integrated into the into our so we got our national governing body for um for water sports and it is, it's actually it's 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 built in to the to the the award itself of uh, whitewater sub coach. It's a big part of it that that you take your clients and you you video with them and you get them set with you and you go through it and you go oh here's what you're not doing. I said get low, but look you're standing completely up straight. All this all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, giving them something visual of themselves is like super important. I think I think that's yeah again I totally agree with Sam. Looking back myself and I have definitely used it when taking people out. Um, and showing them kind of going, oh, look, I've, where do you think you're breaking out or where do you think you're getting to? Actually, look, you're, you're at least two meters beyond where you think you are. So let like go even earlier than you think. So, yeah, I think it's really good for people to reflect and um, being able to feel it does so much. But being able to actually see yourself do something is really, really helpful. And yeah, in your I, I, curriculum... I no, go, go ahead, yeah, Sam. I don't, uh, I don't actually teach on white water yet i've done the training but i've not done the assessment so i'm not allowed to take people out on the river yet but um it'll happen early next year um but just yeah other things like even flat water stuff there's there's a place for it um when you're doing fundamentals and stuff so but yeah that's all i was gonna say (laughs) yeah and well you are taking people on the river uh with your social media and i see that uh, there's who is it savannah is in the other room watching Who's yeah, that? Savannah. So, uh, Savannah's, yeah, uh, Savannah's my girlfriend. Yeah, she's, she's fantastic. just next door. Well, she, she's invited to come in and join. I wouldn't mind listening to a little bit about her perspective, too. Does she paddle? Yeah, yeah, she does paddle. She's, yeah, yeah, she's a great paddler, really good paddler. Um, yeah, I can grab her if you want me to go grab her. <laughs> uh, she can come out if she wants. Uh, yeah. But um, I think, you know, what, one of the lines that I'm saying is like the – the future is female. Not to say that women are not present on the river right now or haven't been, but it's in the United States, at least, and in Canada, it's the women. Uh, have, uh, Savannah says, no way. 
She's in hot yoga right now. Yeah. Uh, but um, uh, uh, the, it's the women who are taking the curriculum. It's the women who are taking classes and buying the gear. In general, dudes like me and like yourselves, just ask the question, can I do it and go find out and make potentially a lot of mistakes in that process. Women are actually buying the clinics and progressing pretty quickly through the sport. I'm finding. Yeah. Oh, I, I run massively. Like, I run like five week courses for paddle boarding uh, on flat water and, and on like grade one, slow moving water on the river. Um, and yeah, I have to say um, it's pretty rare to get a guy on it. It's, it's like, 95% women, which is cool. Um, but yeah, I think you've got a, probably got a point there. Makes sense. It's, uh, oh yeah, well we, we, we speak about it all the time. That one, um, talk to people who have been teaching on rivers uh, longer than we, longer than I have. Um, and yeah, they're, they're saying that the, the majority of people they're getting in are, are women. And it's actually, it's a female dominated sport, which is so, it's so nice to see that flip side for a change. That is a female dominant sport. I I think Sam would agree with me. I, the, uh, one of our best paddlers in Scotland is is Jess Phillips, and she's just the, the, the like phenomenal paddler and such. So good at river reading and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, like everyone who's kind of I would say in the UK who's dominating that kind of top aspect is it's all female riders. They're all yeah. It, it's it's really cool to see a flip for a change. <laughs> Not and yeah and see see women getting out there and actually being better than us. See, I don't know what it's like instructors wise and river guides and stuff like that but in scotland in the uk that was like male dominated always but that's flipped as well so i think like at the water sports center i work at it's like half and half most seasons now and then yeah it just didn't used to be the case so you see it on the on our side of things as well as the clients that come in Uh, Savannah just said, yes, women are killing it. That's fantastic. Uh, and, and going back to social media and the, the male perspective, guys just going out and figuring things, what could be done. Do you get any negative feedback like I've gotten in the past where you show a pretty rowdy line, technically challenging, difficult, maybe dangerous, and you're showing that, you get people saying, this is not the sport that's going to invite people into it. Nobody wants to drop a waterfall. Nobody wants to run a technical whitewater. And you're just promoting something that's dangerous and reckless. Do you ever get any type of feedback like that? And how do you address it? Only from my mom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think I've had too much of that. I guess, I d I guess I'm the... I almost do the opposite where I'm, I'm quite, I think it frustrates me that sometimes paddleboarding gets this image of people in bikinis and people in with amazing sex packs and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, there's this whole other community and whole other side to it. And actually I think it deserves the respect that it has because there's all these crazy talented people and they're doing it for the love of doing it. And they're not doing it to be famous. They're not doing it to be the world's best. And so they're just doing it because they love doing it. Um, and I think, yeah, there's this kind of, there's such a fine polished image sometimes that comes to supping and that's the bit that fr i would almost say i'm the opposite but i get frustrated at that and going that image doesn't appeal to everyone because not everybody has a sex pack not everybody is this model on a on a beach and wherever they are but yeah i think there's i i would almost say i'm the, the i'm that person but towards everybody else and subs <laughs> uh -huh. i think in a way um 
maybe still not super inviting, but more inviting than seeing a whitewater kayaker. I think that's why just flat water paddleboarding in general has become so huge the last couple of years. People figured out that it's super accessible and like real, um, like inclusive for just everyone. Uh, you can deflate it, put it in your car. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's you can see why it's gotten so popular, and because people aren't trapped in their craft, um, that makes it a little bit more appetizing, I suppose, to somebody that's not around the water too much. But me myself, I haven't had, I haven't really had anybody um, like get on my back about any of that kind of thing. I've had. Um, I've had people that do paddleboarding but don't do white paddleboarding comment stuff like, oh, you're going to break your board doing that. That's, that's an easy way to break a board. What a waste of money. And, uh, and a couple of times I've had, why are you not wearing a helmet? Because my, cause my sweet protection hat looks like a, looks like a cap. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, yeah, no, I, I, I've had that a little bit, but not really. Um, yeah not really specifically what you were talking about the the flat wilder paddlers and the people who don't uh, paddle at all will often give a comment that looks crazy and then they'll share a post on social media to their friends hey look how crazy this is but it's the people who are in the river community that seems to have the most vicious comments at least to to my um you know about helmets about safety equipment do you have uh, a, a Z-line system for freeing rafts when you're on the river. Are you carrying a throw rope? What type of medical equipment do you carry in your bag? A lot of river enthusiasts will look and point out the things that they feel are unsafe or dangerous, regardless of really knowing what the circumstance that you're bringing in. Uh, do you get any comments like that? Or is it just me? It doesn't no, really look no, I... at you and say, do it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> what are you wearing? What are you wearing on the river? <laughs> well, I wear uh, a speedo, a speedo and a trucker hat. What's wrong with yeah, that? Yeah, you're fine. And um, my throw rope is silk. What's wrong with that? <laughs> I um, yeah, I guess I think there is a community of that in in the outdoors anyway. Everybody has their own theory of what's best and what what is the best things to have. Um, I don't know, but sa- we've we've both been leaders and instructors for for a number of years. Um, and of both through that experience kind of have preferences of what we like to have on us. And I think that if I was to bring it for a group or if I was to take beginners out, I'd probably bring it with myself anyway, just to have that. And if anyone questions that, then I saw mostly this is what I found that I need to have. So I'll, I'll have a, like kind of a, a sling and a carabino on me and I'll have a kind of a throw line. I'll have a throw line depending on the river as well. So I don't always bring a throw line with me because sometimes I buy myself or sometimes I know that actually we're going to be moving together. And if, something happens the throw line is going to be not going to be my choice so i think it is that being able to justify and i think there is just a a culture of questioning other people and i think less so aggressive and maybe more so kind of like oh you don't have that what's your reasoning behind it um but yeah i guess uh i have i've i've had kayakers being kind of like oh that's uh, colin whitewater suffers the beaters club and stuff like that and like not really getting it, but I mean, I went to, unfortunately Sam was working again, but I, I got an opportunity to go with a bunch of whitewater paddlers to uh, an event called Wet West. Um, and there was a lot of people that were telling me, I was like, oh, you're going to go and it's, it's all kayakers, it's all canoers. Suffers have never been to it before. 
you're you're definitely not going to be that welcome there. Um, and actually, when we went there, everyone was just stoked. Like everyone was like so like 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 getting there. There's maybe one or two that kind of weren't as sure about it. But like, yeah, there was bits where you, like you were you'd run a bit of the rap and they'd be like, I didn't even know that that was possible. I'd be like, Oh no, I I fell and I hit that rock. And they were like, Yeah, but the fact that you can even kneel on a board coming down, I didn't even I've got a board in the back of my car. I didn't know I could take it through the river and stuff like that. So it's cool. People are getting really stoked on it. I think it's um, yeah, people are coming with the right attitude towards it. And uh, my buddy Jackie from Canada just uh, mentioned she's a wine choco fun in Instagram. <laughs> she said, an attitude of continuous learning. I think that's great. If we're always learning and, yeah. and doing new things and, and, and celebrating perspectives, that's really what uh, is attracting me lately to, to paddleboarding on rivers. Yeah. yeah. Actually, sure. talking about, maybe she was, I don't know if she was commenting specifically on the safety side of things, but... If she is, I agree with her on that. It's, it's kind of like everything's really good until it's not. And even within the short time I've been whitewater paddleboarding, like the best of the best things to do in certain situations has changed or the gear has changed or, or whatever. Um, we did like training specifically around it recently about um, foot entrapment and um, where to wear your leash. Is it going to be above your buoyancy on your chest? Is it going to be around your waist? Like, this is all new information that wasn't in our original training when we first got into it. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's totally changing, and, and the kit will change too, won't it? What does your leash system look like right now? I've got, uh, I've got, Small bit, small loop of string on the D-ring, and I've got a mini carabiner so I can easily clip it off. And because I, I swap my leash between different boards, so I can just clip it onto anything. Uh, coil mm -hmm. leash, um, and then I wear a waist strap. I, I, I've played with up on the chest, uh, and what I found is because I learned with it round my waist, I, in a situation, will automatically reach for my waist. So mm -hmm. I know that before I even get that kind of snag where I'm going to kind of just fold into myself, I'm already grabbing the leash and I'm already going to pull it. So I know that my hand is immediately going to my waist and pulling it. Um, mm -hmm. I say in that I'm a bit hypocritical. I do. I see the total benefit of having <laughs> it up here um, because that's what, if I was taking people out on the river, I would actually recommend up here. And if I was taking people out, I would wear it up, up here for a good demonstration but for my personal piling if I'm doing difficult stuff I wear around my waist just so I can I, I know my hand's going to go where it needs to go yeah. and for uh, future reference I'd love to see your your system uh, maybe highlight it in a story or something like that yeah for sure yeah I think I need to get I need to get a new leash <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit tight I don't know if I want to post it on my story <laughs> fair enough fair enough <laughs> my system is different to Cameron's it's the same setup um, minus the carabiner connecting to the board, but it's uh, it's one of these it's one of these waist leashes that has Velcro rather than like a traditional quick release. Um, and actually, I quite like it. I imagine the Velcro is going to fail at some point, and there will be signs of that when the time comes, and I'll get it the hell out of there. But um, like this first month that I've had it, when the Velcro is nice and fresh, it's been super quick to take off, super quick to put on. I've actually quite enjoyed it. Um, the only thing that it needed was was a ball, because all it had was a little piece of string, and that was what, where you were grabbing to 
to release it. So I put a ball onto it preemptively uh, so it was nice and chunky. And lo and behold, uh, like a week later, me and Cameron went to a new river to try a kind of gorgy, creaky style um, section of water. Um, and this thing that we had just recently trained for and talked about actually happened where I fell where there's a rock separating and there's two paths. I fell, I go one way, board goes the other way, and the leash maxed out, like the coil was completely straight at this point. Um, and if, like I missed, I missed my quick release the first time, and then I go down this little chute and I just get it at the lip of that chute. Uh, and if the ball wasn't there, I'm not really sure. Uh, maybe I would have got it after a while because the desperation would set, would set in and I would scramble for it. But if that, like, that ball needs to be there, eh? Like, it needs to be something super obvious, like, that you can find in the dark because you will be finding it in the dark. So, yeah, glad I, glad and I that's a, that a really amazing change to it. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it sounds like that was a, a great uh, a, a change and, and, and perhaps even a life-saving uh, change. I wish more people would practice with their leash system. Uh, yeah. There are a variety of ways to practice with their leash systems, but I find that most people just have a system. They know that it's there, but they don't practice it. And that could lead to some complications. Complications that make some purists say, don't even have a leash on the river. It's uh, safer without one. So that's a, another form of debate. But uh, I try to encourage as many people, regardless of their leash system, regardless of the material, regardless of where they wear it, practice it. And so they know that it's reliable every time. I think so. I think something I, I, and it's, I was so surprised I never did it is feel get yourself in a safe situation where you've got people around you support you get yourself to feel what it's like to be strung out on your leash because no but you don't know what it feels like until it happens and if it happens in a moment when you're panicking it could just add to that panic um i i hadn't done it until we did our white water training i don't know why it never clicked in my head that i should do it um and that's why i made the decision that if i ever take people out i put it around their chest because i did feel it immediately when it was there that i i could have if it was more powerful just just clammed <laughs> to the middle mm -hmm. um and yeah just uh having have yeah i think having that experience I, I totally agree i think not enough people are are trying that what the first thing you do when you get people to go in a kayak is pull their spray deck and get out of the boat it's like it's one of the first things you do when you put someone in a closed cockpit so why wouldn't we practice our safety things numerous times to make sure you know how to do it this conversation Absolutely. has given me like, like a real, it's given me a coachy moment. And when I do get the ticket that allows me to teach on white water, I just thought of a game purely based on this conversation. You know, like, uh, like Western style, how they, they have a little duel and you pull your pistol. You say three, two, one, draw. You say three, two, one, draw. They rip their leash off and have them do a duel with their leashes do that for like five minutes before you go in the river they know where it is and they know how to pull it and yeah that's, that's a sick that's idea thing now yeah uh, that's mine. good it's mine <laughs> i'm taking it and now I'm, I'm instantly starting to think about the the content creation for that like a little bit of a soundtrack you know their, the, <laughs> yeah. their river shoes and then you and then you pan up and you see the like the 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 belts ready for the draw i like it oh yeah you could you could make that pretty you could sell that 
I like it. I like that. I'll have to keep that in mind. Uh, and going on to another question that I talk to uh, people a lot, or I, I ask this question a lot, solo paddling. Traditionally, river people are anti-solo, but with a, a reliable leash and uh, proper equipment and the willingness to give things a go. What about river solo paddling on a paddleboard? I, I, do, I, do, I guess I do it quite a lot, but either within a grade that I'm confident that I can handle myself in or if I know the river really well. Uh, so our local, the one that, that, that's 15 minutes away from us, um, I regularly paddle that solo, especially river surfing and stuff like that. Um, and I've, I've never really had a scare. And, the, and there's even sections of that river that I will purposely avoid. So we've got an area that can be pretty prone to whirlpools and stuff. And I just know that I just don't bother really going there if I'm by myself, um, if the level's at the point. So I, I think... I. I I do and I don't agree with it. I think there's a there's a level of risk that you have to assess, but it's really up to your it's really up to what your knowledge is at and where you feel you're at to to be able to kind of handle that. I don't think I really judge anybody for doing it, but because I might be at a level where I would paddle something that I would look at now and be like, ah, I would never do that by myself. So I don't know what level people are at, so I try not to judge it too much. Yeah, a similar concept, to Cameron or uh, Sam. Yeah, I, I mean. Yeah, both me and Cameron have uh, solo paddled at the at the standing wave that he's talking about, and I mean, if you don't, I suppose if you don't feel confident to run that, then I don't see where you would get confidence to run anything else, even with people, because you've got that feature, but then it fizzles out into nothing and it's just flat water. Um, either side of it, flat water, you're right by a bank. Like, if you can't write yourself there, there's something wrong. Um, <laughs> I, guess you've, I guess you've got, there's the potential for foot entrapment. Now that we've talked about that, now we've done some training about it, that could happen there. But it's rare that the water is that powerful that it would become a massive issue. No, and, and when it gets higher, even when the water gets, because I went, I went recently by myself and it was, it was nearly touching, like, kind of really rear high levels uh, but, but that wave just washes out so at that point yeah. what you're assessing is things in the river that you're going to bump into and, and and that kind of stuff but at the same time it's just faster moving open water it's it's not um yeah it's it's not massively technical in that area so i, I agree with sam completely I, I guess the only thing i would add I, I had one the other day um or a few weeks ago where i was surfing by myself and i've started trying to do flat spins more um and i have a hard a hard board that i like for the river but I was by myself and I was trying these and for the first time I fell in front of the boards and the board stopped on the way behind me and I hit my head um, and it wasn't hard enough to be anything significant but there was a little thought in my head of when I might wait till other people are here before I tried that move because the, the, if I went unconscious here then yeah, there'll be nobody else so I guess yeah it's, I had that experience and luckily nothing happened so I've kind of learned from that. I'm glad uh, nothing significant happened with that. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, me uh, too. <laughs> that's, a, that's a troublesome one. The, the, the classic scorpion falling in front of the board into the shallow yeah. wave ahead of you. <laughs> what about you, Paul? Have you done solo paddling? Is that a part of what you do ever? Uh, my entire life is about solo. Uh, and I've talked a, a lot about solo with other people and a variety of other concepts, but uh yeah solo is is what i'm most familiar with 
uh, Savannah just did the emojis of, oh, she doesn't want to know those stories, uh, Cameron. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, solo is something that I have a lot of experience with. And one of my ethos, one of my mantras is to paddle with people who are comfortable being solo. Because I know I'm comfortable with their, uh, I tend to be comfortable with their background in making conservative decisions mm-hmm. of, of being able to take care of themselves. Often people who are only with groups understand the group mentality and, oh, someone's watching my back, so I'm fine. But that doesn't indicate that they know how to rescue themselves, that they don't know how to rescue other people. So I, I, I definitely include solo as a big part of, of my curriculum and of my philosophies. However, when I got into river paddleboarding, uh, a, a reputation that I built for myself as an adventurer, as a person who puts a dry bag on their board and goes, the duffel bag paddleboarder is how a lot of uh, publications knew me for a while. But when I started doing solo trips on the river, that, uh, that reputation kind of tanked because clearly he doesn't know anything about the river. Why is he going solo? That's dangerous. That's reckless. And so I've had a lot of dialogue around that and it becomes a part of uh, the conversations I have with people. Yeah, no, I, I think, um, yeah, no, I like what you said about the fact that if you can't trust that person to, like, make, like you say, make conservative decisions, make the right decisions at the right time, yeah, yeah, you might as well be battling solo. Um, yeah. Yeah, you don't want to rely solely on someone else. Um, uh, and, yeah, I think when I... If, Whenever me and Cameron talk about doing big new features, there's always, 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 always the same names come into our mind to be safety that we would like to take with us to be there. Um, and it's, it's these people that have that have those decision-making skills or have the experience or a little bit of both, um, or we've seen them in action. We've seen how quick they are, and like, yeah, you, yeah, you want you want that you want that trust circle around you when you're throwing yourself into recirculating water don't you absolutely and when i'm coaching or just spending time with friends or doing some sort of formal curriculum uh formal curriculum is something i've done in the past much less now usually what i prefer is just casual meetups and paddling with friends but i don't care if you're standing kneeling upside down what i'm looking for your confidence level is how quickly you're able to get back on the board by yourself you know, the, the, the big eye look when someone comes out of the water, how big are their eyes or do yeah. they look like deers in the headlight? No, they're not ready for a solo trip. However, if they get back on the board and they have a big smile on, regardless of the rapids around them, and they're able to get back on like, ah, you could go on any trip with me. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's a yeah. real nice way of putting that, actually. <laughs> yeah, I like that. If they're laughing as they come out of the water. <laughs> yeah. Have, and then that, that, that laughter indicates... The exact face you're talking about, the, the white <laughs> oh, eye. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've all seen it. I'm giving it. I'm giving it to people. Like, I'm panicked. I'm afraid. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and so if I see that in the group of people that I'm with, it's like, oh, I have to spend extra uh, attention on that person because they're a little spooked right now for whatever reason. But, yeah, yeah and... 
there are a lot of people, even on this uh, this uh, stream that I've talked with before about that, and I've seen that. Uh, Jackie says, I know that. Look, smiling is an important uh, indicator that you're confident. Uh, if, if a person doesn't smile, I'm typically a little cautious of their presence anyway. Yeah. All right, gentlemen, we've talked for almost an hour. Uh, in the last couple of minutes, do we have any pointers for setting up people for success paddleboarding on rivers? I, I, I would say... Um, I would say take, take your time to get a board that you really like. I've made the mistake where I've taken boards out that are not even boards, but just equipment, and I've and I've kind of done myself wrong with it and kind of not liked it. I think there's a bit of an opinion of like, oh, it's a white water board, so I can take it wherever. Um, it, all boards are going to do different things and they're going to work different ways. Um, it's one of the reasons I'm really excited for this weekend because I've got a new board that I've not taken to this location before to see how mm. that works. Um, I think, yeah, just um, try as much stuff as you can before you commit to, to one thing. Um, there's still loads of boards that I want to, to, to try out, so I've not really pinned down that I'm committing to much things. So I think just, get, just, just experiment with loads of different things. Uh, it'll give you the best chance for success, and eventually you'll land on something and go, oh, yeah, this is amazing. This is super suited to me. And it becomes uh, a quiver sport pretty quickly. All of a sudden, oh, I have yeah. these, a, a garage full of these super expensive boards, huh? Yeah, and look at looking at how we can ship boards over from America without having to pay, pay ridiculous prices of the one for us as well. Yeah, let's let's talk about that off record. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and Sam, for you, what are what are you? What's your advice for setting up people for success? Um, I so as as we were saying earlier, I don't come from a a water background, so I don't know what the done thing is, but I imagine it's the same as. So I, I like grew up rock climbing and in rock climbing you kind of have like this um, like mentorship thing going on so you have a guy or a group or whatever that takes you under their wing and that's how you learn everything it's just shadowing being there being right in it like you're doing what they're doing but you're doing it with people that that have been doing it for a long time or they've, yeah they've got the experience I would say like I wouldn't just grab a board and like, even if it was a slow moving river, like never done it before. I think that's just, that's not a great idea. And <laughs> um, like we had a bit of canoe coaching. We had a bit of kayak coaching. We, like we did what a year or two each um, just like learning in those crafts. And then paddleboarding was introduced, introduced after that. And, um, but there was always, the environment and the, the group there of people that knew the rivers or had been doing it for longer than you or whatever. Um, yeah, I, it's, it's rare that I've thrown myself into a water environment without knowing exactly what's going on, at least in the beginning. But, so gear and mentors and uh, the, the sense that this is a self-expression sport, if you're willing to go for it, we're there. Uh, Cameron, and Sam, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast or the Instagram live, which will become a part of the podcast. Lots of engagement with the audience. So I love that element to it. It looks like you have a pretty big fan base already. <laughs> yeah, no, th thanks a lot. I was, uh, I was nice. I don't do too many of these. It's a, 
a nerve-wracking, strange thing, but um, you've made it real nice for us, so thanks. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Yeah. Thank you yeah, very much. No, it's been great. Thank, thank you very you so much, much, guys. Yeah. All right. No, Let's thank you. It's been great. Yeah, I look forward yeah. to seeing yeah. more. And uh, when, when you have an opportunity, maybe share in your stories what, uh, what your general setups look like. Take care, yeah, guys. Of course. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you very much. Cheers. See you later. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.